the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Four minutes after 12, this is LBC 97.3, and this is your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the question that has had you befuddled, baffled, confused, even perhaps discombobulated for the longest time. Uh, Bear with me on this, because I I just want to take a moment to explain to you, if you're new to it, exactly how it works. It's... It's a lot more than the sum of its parts, isn't it, Mystery Hour? It's, it's, it, it, it's the radio equivalent of those newspaper columns where a reader will write in and ask a question which has had them, uh, you know, uh, confused for a while. But it, we don't do stuff like... We've been doing it for a while now, so a lot of the questions have been answered already. You can see the archive at lbc.co.uk. It's a very jolly read, actually, even um, not in the, the hour that we're actually doing it on air. It's a lovely little retrospective look at some of the questions that we've had in the past that's over on the website but it, it's not sort of why don't you see any white dog poo anymore or, or or why don't you see baby but you know the hardy perennial we don't do those so don't waste tempers ringing in with those sort of questions uh, you'll be surprised to learn that the most regular contributor to this feature is the professor of the public understanding of science at the university of brighton i mentioned that not to sort of blow smoke up anybody's fundament but simply to point out that don't hold back from asking a question on the grounds that you think it's too scientific or serious or clever we we take some very silly questions we also take some very serious questions as a general rule we'll take anything as long as it's not dull or repetitious and i'm afraid our decision is final on that front so it could be something the kids have asked you or it could equally be something that you've been puzzling over for ages but have been a bit embarrassed perhaps to ask we don't have Um, any search engines or or works of reference. Because if somebody can answer your question, the point is they will do so from the benefit of their education, either sort of self-education, autodidact, or or stuff they've read. It may even be something they've seen on the telly, something you did 40 years ago at school, or something you did yesterday in your PhD thesis. Uh, That's the point. Anything goes. The only thing you need to know is this. 0845-6060-973 is the number you need to call right now if you have a question for Mystria. That's it, 0845-6060-973. So we're looking for the who's, the why's, the where's, the when's, the withers, the wherefores, the whences. You could have seen something recently, you may have seen something yesterday that made you think, why do we do that, where does that come from? Or you might simply have stumbled over an area of confusion that you're keen to have clarified. And uh, just to reiterate it is it is art so if you get through and whoever answers your call tells you that the question isn't one that we fancy that is it however unfair you may feel that is our decision is final we get such a high number of calls coming into the program we have to be able to turn our switchboards over quite quickly okay that's it from me oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number to call you won't hear me mention that number unless there are phone lines free into the studio it's the same number you need to call if you can answer a question that somebody else asks we don't generally take uh texts and emails but i am sort of still trying to launch a mystery hour supplement a sort of extra podcast which would be confined to texts and emails because i obviously can't take calls on a podcast because you'll all be listening to it at different times so do feel free to submit answers to any questions that we don't get through on the phone lines and then we can do it in our little mystery hour bonus mystery moments i'm thinking of calling that seven minutes after 12 let's start with emma who's in ealing emma what is your question uh it is um i remember being told that a baby girl is born with all her eggs yes and i then wondered whether those eggs could be externally fertilized or are they too good grief or or are they 
successfully ripened eggs. That's a biologically fascinating. It's a slightly odd question, isn't it? But biologically, yes, it's, a bit, it's a bit tasteless. But um, I don't know if I it's tasteless. I'll, I'll stay with odd. Odd. Okay. Oh, the point being that we all know there's a finite number of eggs present and they're present from birth when do they become so let's put it the other way let's say when do they become viable okay and then we don't have to say could they be fertilized that's where it starts getting a bit icky okay so when when do they become viable I love that question, actually. There's a number of reasons why people might be interested in the answer to that. It's eight minutes after 12. You are listening to LBC 97.3. I, I can't really ask for more in terms of me telling you not to hold back on the grounds that your question might be overly scientific or serious. And then Emma wades in straight away with a question about the point at which human eggs become viable for, for fertilisation. 0845 if you know the answer to that. Adam's at Heathrow. Adam, question or answer? Good afternoon. Oh, it's a question, and good afternoon, Mayor O'Brien. Thank you very much. What is on your mind this fine day? <laughs> well, uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday's funeral uh, reminded me of something. The police that go around and do that wonderful job, a special escort group they are, yeah. uh, they do a wonderful job with the Queen and everything, but they don't use sirens to get people out of the way. They only use whistles. And apparently, that's what they've ever used. And I don't know why. Why don't they use sirens? They only use whistles. Never, ever, 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 you know, blue sirens, if you know what I mean. Not normal. Uh, not just a whistle, like in their mouth whistle. Yeah, a whistle in the mouth. That's how they stop the traffic. That's how they get people out of the way. They never, is it, maybe it's to the distinguish themselves from the sirens. It's not as urgent as a siren. A siren is, get the hell out of the way now, and a whistle is, excuse me, please. More than that. Do you? Sirens. Well, people do get out of the way for sirens naturally, but why do they? Why do they not use sirens? There must be a reason. There is a reason. Oh, well, hang on. It was a funeral, right? No, they use it, they do it all the time when they're escorting the queen, when they're escorting royalty. So the special. Why do the special escort groups? Is that what they're called? Yeah, the SEGs. Yeah, special escort groups. Yeah, see them. Their number plates always SEG on the back of the motorbikes. Okay. So why do they use whistles, not sirens? But you see, I think I already think I've answered that, but you're not accepting my answer, so I have to I'm not throw it open. Oh, it's, ba- it's politeness. It's politeness. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not. No, no, I'm going to leave it on there. It's fine. You know, it's, 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 it's your prerogative to dismiss my answer, even though I'm pretty sure it's right. It's a difference between going, get out of the way, and going, excuse me, please, coming through. So a siren, wow, 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 let's get out of the way, and a whistle, that's excuse me, please, coming through. But we'll find out. Someone will know. Helena's on the M25. Question or answer, Helena? Uh, it's a question, James. Marvellous. Come on, then. What is registered charity number one? Charity number one. Number number one. I like that, actually. Why do you want to know? Because it's always bugged me. You yeah. always see on the, on the charity uh, bumps and leaflets and what have you, registered yes. charity number 28,998. You do. Which is number one. What the, would, would it be, would it be the very first? I don't know. I, I, yes, no, I don't need to say anything else. That's just a great question. Let's leave it there and let it do its work, shall we? Thank you very much. No, thank you, Helena. We would be nothing without questions on Mystery Hour. You can't really have an answer without a question. It's philosophy, that. Jenny's in Hammersmith. Jenny, question or answer? Uh, a question, Jane. Marvellous. Uh, I want to know how they remove banks' graffiti from the side of public buildings in order to sell them for huge amounts in the sale rooms. Mm. Why have you have you have you got have you got one have you spotted, no, have you spotted one. one in the Hammersmith Environs that you're thinking of half inching and flogging in New York next week? <laughs> no, but I'm very curious. I, I just can't work out how they do it. I I know this. Do you? Because there was a case recently. Something got removed from auction in America. It depends what it's on. You wouldn't always be able to do it, but you. you <laughs> 
it's it's a bit it's the plaster that they just take off in one piece it's quite a delicate job but it is doable ah, i see so if it was direct on the brickwork i don't think you could do it without taking down the whole wall but right. i have a friend who follows banksy auction prices quite closely and there have been entire walls come up for sale because they're now you have worth... to move the wall, though, don't you? Yes, but if it's a freestanding wall, that's not a problem. Oh, of course, if yeah. it's a, If it's a wall that's part of a building, that they're worth so much now that the owner of the building would make inquiries about the viability of removing the wall and replacing it. And how does Banksy make any money out of it? Banksy sells some work of his own. He doesn't make any money at all out of that sort of sale. Oh, I see. I he's understand. made a film, he does some uh, work of his own, but the... the the bedrock upon which his entire career is built is the guerrilla urban yeah. artwork, and and that that is never ever ever paid him a penny. Oh, how interesting! Mm. Oh, well, thank you for that. No, you're very welcome. Can I thank you for sounding so appreciative? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> thank you, Jenny. And if you do, if you do bump into one around Hammersmith, you see one that, that, that just give me a call, yeah, and we'll, we'll sort it out quietly. Oh, well, yeah. All right, say no more. Thirteen minutes after twelve. This is LBC ninety-seven point three. Uh, you can add to that answer. I'm going to give myself a round of applause though, because I've been away for a couple of weeks. I haven't had one for ages. Damn, that's good. And that is the noise that marks a successful answer to a mystery hour question. A noise that could be uh, exposed to your lug holes if you were to step in and do it yourself. Brian is in Pinner. Brian, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Good oh. afternoon. Hello, mate. What have you got for me? Uh, the ovulation thing with the, the babies born with eggs. Yes. It's, um, they're, no, they're not uh, viable at that uh, early stage. What happens is the egg ripens during the course of the woman's ovulation uh, cycle, ah. and uh, and basically then it's released into the fallopian tube and becomes a viable egg at that stage. So it would uh, begin at puberty then. Once menstruation begins, viability begins. Absolutely, yes. Um, I, I be honest with you, Brian. I was expecting a woman to ring in to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> what are your qualifications? Uh, uh, my qualifications. My wife, some time ago, as a result of uh, several friends suffering. Um, trying to conceive and not being able to. She donated eggs. Oh, wow. And one of the things that they do is they put you through a regime of drugs to ripen up a number of eggs. Of course they Before do. they harvest them. Yeah, of course. We've been through that ourselves, actually. I should have, I should have known that myself. I just didn't know whether you couldn't ripen up prior to puberty, is the point. Isn't um, it? I suspect not. No, of course not. Um... Can I ask whether any of those donations were successful, or would that be a... a, a in... uh, it's one of those things they don't know, because the, the donation is anonymous. Of course it was. Sorry, I knew that as well. Crikey. Give Brian a round of applause before I embarrass myself further. <laughs> wonderful thing your wife did there, Brian. Absolutely wonderful thing. It's 12.15. 90 minutes after 12. This is LBC 97.3, and... Mystery hour is upon us. Uh, why do the special escort groups, uh, as we saw yesterday at the funeral, use whistles instead of sirens? What's the first registered charity? Is there a registered charity that's charity number is one? You, you sort of think it must be zero 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 one if you're so used to seeing charity. But of course, the first is there. I don't know. It's a great question. Um, and anything else you want on the board? Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. I've had a crack at the question about Banksy. How do they get the pictures down? Of course, the answer will be different according to different uh, examples of his street art so if you want to add to that you can on the usual number and, and the notion of when a human egg becomes viable sort of answered it brian brian's wife has been an egg donor so knows a lot about the chemicals that are used in order to bring on ovulation uh, anyone who's been through fertility treatment will be familiar with that as well but what we don't know is whether or not those 
chemicals would actually work, whether you could ripen, for want of a better word, an egg prior to puberty? It's a strange issue, strange question, but fascinating. Julian's in Outward. Question or answer, Julian? It's a question again. Marvellous. When listening to music, I frequently hear commentators or critics after a performance talking about the colour of a piece of music or the colour of a performance. What is colour in music? Can anyone explain that one? Would it not be a synonym for emotion, or not? You listen to more rarefied music than I do, Julian, clearly. (laughs) They rarely talk about the colour of the Lighthouse family's latest album, for example. It's a thing, it's a point that I just don't understand. No. The colour of a performance, I like that. I I mean, you know that the classic FM studio is just up the corridor, don't you? So if the worst comes to the worst, I'll go and grab who's ever on there and drag them in here. Well, that would would be much appreciated. (laughs) You should be able to help us. Julian, I'll try and find out for you. The colour of a performance. There's a great scene in Mask, the film with with Eric Stoltz and Cher, I don't know, where the the, uh, lead character helps a blind girl understand colour by putting hot and cold things in her hands. Uh, red and blue. I, I, I don't know if that's relevant. Maybe. We shall see. Lovely question, though, Julian. Thank you. David's in Aldgate. Question or answer, David? Um, answer, James. Go on, then. Um, the Blues and Twos one. Um, by the way, the first registered charity is probably some like the revenue or something, but anyway, let me secure my tin hat. Um, the Blues and Twos thing. Um, the the why, on. Why, 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 yeah, why do they use whistles, not sirens, in the special escort groups? Um, to avoid them being in violation of the regulations that govern blues and twos. Um, basically, any of these vehicles, um, particularly police, for example, responding to anything has to be in the jurisdiction of common law, which is loss or harm, if anyone's in distress or, you know, to save... So you can only harm. put your siren on if you are going to the rescue, as it were. Exactly. So by use of the whistle, it's basically a way of still looking official, but, um, you know, making everyone acquiesce to your demand, basically. Because, oh, yeah, um, I like it. As far as I'm aware, there's nothing <laughs> in stone that says you have to move out of the way of any of these vehicles um, commanding, demanding you. But you do have um, to move out of the way of a siren. Um, well, yes and no. If it puts you in danger or, you know, in, in distress or whatever, you, you do it as safely as possible. But it's all designed to sort of like, you know, scare you into moving out of the way. Yeah, I like it. Qualifications? Um, common sense. Nah, you can't have that, mate. I'll That's not what, common sense. I'll tell sense. you what governed this, James. I'll yeah. tell you what governed this. The Road Vehicle Lighting Regulation 89, as amended, and the Road Construction and Vehicle Use Regulations 86. Well, that's not common uh, sense, then, is it? It is common sense because a lot of the stuff we assume and presume in society. You, no, no I said qualifications. Your answer is I know the law. Your answer is not common sense. Would common sense lead you to the truth? Because unlike so, anyone who hasn't read the Road Traffic Act 1970-something, anyone who hasn't read it is not possessed of common sense, according to you. Well, well, the reason why I say common sense, a lot of people kind of have that light bulb uh, moment where they, you know, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. How many words are there in the phrase common sense? Um, my brain, it's morning, James. Two words, two <laughs> words, right? We know what sense means. What does the common bit mean? Um, I don't know, James. It means it's everybody common. knows it. It's common sense, right? Common sense. So the answer cannot be common sense because nobody right, else one. knew what the answer was. Boom! He scores! Right, one, James. Thank you. <laughs> you still get the right, round right. of applause. Tony in South Norwood points out that my example of the Lighthouse family in the discussion about the colour of a musical performance was unfortunate. He says beige is the colour of any lighthouse. They're an underrated band, the Lighthouse family. Let me tell you that, my friends. You might, yeah, I dare. Paul and Tunde, they're class musical 
<sighs> Geniuses. Matt's in. Where are we going next? Who's next? Who's been waiting longer? Matt's in Leatherhead. Question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Good. We can be lifted um, by it's... your question. <laughs> it's um, about vitamin uh, tablets. Where do all the vitamins come from that they get put in vitamin tablets? Uh, where or how? Oh, that's clever. I'm not sure. Yeah, so it's like a laboratory or a tree. Yeah, I mean, they pulp, I mean, I've got a pretty good idea where they get cod liver oil from. Yeah, but, um, same here. Not so sure about all the vitamins. No, well, they've got chemical formulae, so maybe you can make them. Right. Yeah. What I was wondering: can you manufacture vitamins, or does it have to come from a natural? I didn't they know they that must either. get through a lot of fruit and veg, mustn't they? If they're doing it all, if they're all, I don't, that's a great question. Yeah, no, I thought that was a really daft question when when it when it when you asked it. But the more we think, I about wasn't it, sure myself. To no, be honest, it's a you winner. Was a bit worried. No, it's a winner, mate. <laughs> Definitely, it's an absolute. Because <laughs> where did where did it come from? Where did the vitamins come from in the tablets? Do you take them? That's, yeah. Well, I, did, I took one the other day. I don't take them very often. Every now and then, I remember. And, um, so I don't I know whether they do any like good. There's some debate, isn't there, over whether they do any good or not? Well, yeah, it's conflicting. They say that some, some things say it takes five years off your life. Really? Well, that's Yeah, no I read that. Blimey. How, yeah. are, you ta- how are you taking them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not um, supposed to put them up your nose, Matt. Okay, right, let's get, <laughs> let's get you an answer on that one. I've got a couple of phone lines free now for answers to the questions that we've got, which still include, what was the first charity, the first registered charity, and was it number one? Um, when commentators talk of the colour of a musical performance, what, what exactly, exactly, mind, are they referring to? And where do vitamins come from? Before they are put into tablets. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. I know I say this a lot, but I have to. Otherwise, we just talk to the same people. If you don't get through the first time, do try again. Judicious use of radar will be rewarded. If you hear me say the number, it means at that particular point, I have got a phone line free. I know how dispiriting it can be to uh, try and fail to get through, but but trust me, you you will if you keep trying. Where are we going next? Neil is in Amersham. Neil, question or answer? Hi, good morning, James. Uh, uh, it's a question, if I may. Yes, of course. Um, and I do apologise. I know you don't like um, uh, vehicle questions. You're right. Um, but with uh, all, <laughs> but with all of the technology that we have and uh, to make things different colours and all the pimping of vehicles, whether it be cars or other types, hmm. why are all car tyres black or vehicle tyres black? Hmm. I mean, did you check the archive? No. That rings a bell to me. I don't know if we've... Have we done that before? Why are all car tyres black? So, you can buy, before people ring in, you can buy non-black tyres in the sort of, you know... I know they have white walls, and on some push-bike tyres you get different colours, but on cars or lorries or this, that and the other, I've yeah. only ever seen them in black. I just, I just, yeah, I like, no, I like it a lot. I like it. Do you, what colour would you like? What are you after? Well... I don't know. I mean, maybe something to, you know, if you're going to pimp a vehicle, something to, to match the... We're both too old to use words like that now, yeah. aren't we? Can't you and me listen to you pimping vehicles? You just I know, say, I from, what would we say, smoke, sort of tart it up or something like that? Yes, Coloured yes. tyres. Well, tart you... it up to go to the disco. What, what, what do you drive, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, a Mercedes, unfortunately. Mercedes, what sort of Mercedes? Is it a uh, sort of 4x4 uh, four four or a sports no, car or a, an estate? No, it's an old, old man's estate So car. you've got a nice... We were thinking of getting one of those when we trade in the Mariva later this year. But uh, So you've, you've, got a, you've got a nice Mercedes estate car. Yes. What sort of colours are you thinking? What, what are you? What are you? Um, well, it's it's a silver car yeah. and purple? Sil- purple. silver wheels. Silver wheel. Get you! You look like a spaceman, Neil. And and it's got these nasty black tyres on it. Yeah, you know? 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe something to to silver well, tires match the interior, but my interior is black. So oh. if I had beige interior, beige tires, or yeah, something like that, yeah, you'd think. I mean, you, you never know. You might have just come up with a brilliant business idea, but unfortunately, you've shared it with half a million other Londoners. Yeah, I know. It? Funny enough, I did actually think that before a phone. We could have done this <laughs> ourselves, but then again, on the other hand, surely someone else would have thought of it before. Well, let's find out. Why are all tires black? Well, pretty much all tires. Don't phone. Don't tell me you've painted one purple. This is LBC 97.3. Lauren, I'm going to come... I can squeeze you in, actually. Lauren, question or answer? Answer. Marvellous. Um, to the one um, about music, actually. Yes, the colour of a um, performance for Julian. Yeah, yeah. So, um, my background is uh, I'm a clarinetist, uh, a classical clarinetist and a singer. Oh. Um, and it's often a kind of often commentators on music will call or use a variety of words to describe kind of uh, analyze interpret a piece yes. so often the color is one of the words that you'd use to describe um all the instruments coming together and how they play whether it's loud or quiet well, I, I, or, give me a sentence in which it's use it in a sentence um like you could say uh mozart's concerto of whatever the hell um concerto he did yeah. um kind of um the color kind of grew and uh, it became a quite a dark piece if you kind of uh, brought in a lot of um of the lower pitched brass um and they were I, quite I've got I've listened I, 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 well, I'll tell you what's happening here right I, I am yeah. I I feel the clouds are clearing but Dan Whitehead's here with the news bulletin and I don't feel they've cleared completely yet can I come back to you in a couple of minutes so I just want to focus on that, because what he asked was, what does it actually mean? Not what's it used for, but what does it actually mean? So this is LBC 97.3. Mystery Hour is underway. The time is 12.30. LBC 97.3. Call 08456060973. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. <laughs> Sorry, that got out on the radio. That was it's your fault. Whoever sent this text here says, I have a spare tyre, which is a sort of pink colour. <laughs> you silly sausage. <laughs> well, what are we talking about? You may well wonder if you've just tuned in. Mystery Hour, weekly opportunity to get an answer to just about any question under the sun. For example, why are all tyres black? He means tyres on cars, as you well know, not the tyre around your midriff. How do you get vitamins? into vitamin pills. Where do the actual vitamins come from? A laboratory or a plant, a tree, a fruit? Uh, and the colour of a performance. Julian was keen to establish exactly what that means when you hear commentators and critics talking about the colour of a performance. It's, it's obviously a, 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 a word that's used to describe, so it has a colour, but when would you use it? Lauren is a professional clarinetist and, uh, and, and singer, and she is in the process of telling us. Lauren, I just want to... Oh, hello again. Hi. I want to get a clearer notion of I, I need two examples don't i so do, do you actually use colors do you say that's a bit yellow um no i wouldn't in my work i wouldn't specifically say oh yeah that's a blue piece or no. a silver or a yellow piece um it's just that um that you kind of it's a kind of description of kind of um the sounds that you hear uh, that you describe as colourful. Uh, well, I need a synonym, don't I? So, you, what, what would be another word that you could use instead if you were describing a very colourful piece? You would be describing a very um, maybe a very uh, varied piece. If uh, you had a piece that would kind of um, 
maybe you could describe it in kind of light and dark if they yes. would uh, if a, a musician a composer would flip between maybe higher pitched um things like would bring in flutes and clarinets and piccolos and that would be kind of light and airy and kind of would be kind of um kind of lighter and it would be soft and it would be slow and Kind of a brighter piece. So varieties. Brighter. It's, a, it's, a, it's a slightly poncier way of saying varied. Yes, yes, basically, yeah, yeah. And then if you came in with trombones and trumpets, and it was kind of deep and booming and kind of um, kind of a bit kind of angry, and it was a bit flaring, that would kind of be a darker area of the piece. Now you, uh, you, you, you you're a professional musician. Uh, Nassif, who's texting me, describes himself as the proud holder of a B in music GCSE, but he, he does plough a slightly different furrow from your own. He says, it's to do with the timbre. The minor scales are cold blues and the major scales are warm reds. Is there anything in that? Yeah, there is. So, oh. yeah, it's Sorry, kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, 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 he's right. Um, so, yeah, so um, if you've got a, a piece in kind of uh, a minor scale, it would sound sad and kind of down and kind of blue and kind of... Um, kind of a bit down in the dumps, to really. To be a pilgrim. Well, yeah, and um, if if it was in a major scale, it would kind of sound happy. Dance, and, dance, wherever you may be, for I am the Lord of the... Like that. Yeah. Colourful. Yeah. yeah. OK, so it's light and shade. Yeah. But a little bit more sophisticated. I'm, I'm, I'm going with this. Lauren, and, and, uh, did you play in an orchestra, or...? or? Um, I do at the I do at the moment, yeah, and yeah. All right. Yeah. So it wasn't a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a round of applause. Thank you for that. <laughs> Harsh is in Rygate. Hello, Harsh. Hi, hi James. Nice, nice to talk to you. Um, I've got a, I've got a question for you. Good man. Um, can you tell me why microwave um, ovens can heat up a, a warm up a plate if you just put a single plate in there? I mean, I had a bit of ring in with my high and uh, smart ass wife. She managed to warm up a plate, and I always thought microwave energies. We worked on water molecules and food. Water molecules, yeah, I did as well. So you yeah. can microwave anything that gets cooked in a microwave well, gets cooked because so it's got water in it, but you can yeah, indeed right. heat up plates. I was, I was laboriously heating up, uh, warming up a plate on top of the toaster while I was doing the toast in the morning, and the condensation yeah. All right, all right, all right mate, yeah? we've, got, we've got the question. We don't, we Sorry, don't, we, <laughs> we don't need the domestic imagery, okay. all right? There you are. I just uh, bought a T-Fal Actifry, mate. Right, you want right. to get get yourself one of those? They are that okay. is class in your kitchen. So why? How come uh, micro? Well, there must be water in the plate. No. If if the, if the water had plate in it, it would shatter. Surely. If it, well, it would eventually if you microwaved it for long enough. It would shatter. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I thought. Oh, no, you don't want my answer because yeah. I'm just making yeah. it up as I go along. Right. I mean, it works it's, for the other just, 14 hours of the week, fun. but we have higher standards during mystery. Let's get harsh an answer to that question. Oh eight four five. Six oh six oh nine seven three. What else have we got left? So we've got microwave plates, black tyres, vitamins, and charity. Come on. The first charity. Is there a charity with a registered charity number of one? Mohammed is in Beckton. Mohammed, question or answer? Yeah, it's an answer, James. Cheer up. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. No, you know, it's because a lot of people listening. They tune in for a bit of a boost. They don't sort of... <laughs> <laughs> right. Go on. Sorry. That's all right. Um, uh, let's start. No, let's start. Let's start again. All right. Right. Okay, you ready? Yes, I am. Mohammed is in Beckton. Mohammed, question or answer? Answer, James. Yeah, come on, Mohammed. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> right. Um, it's the tie question. Yes. Yeah, it's um, it's the ties are black because uh, there's an additive being used, a chemical being used in simple words, which is called carbon black, and carbon black has got the uh, uh, the feature of absorbing heat. It <sighs> works against the heat. 
So when the tires get heated up in the warm weather or when it's uh, running the, uh, on the road in a different uh, frictions, it absorbs the heat. So uh, it produces frictions, and that is in black color. So that's why all the tires, whether it's a bike tire, a cycle tire, a push bike, or a tar- car tire, they are color black. That's pretty strong. We like that. Qualifications? Uh, I'm a civil engineer, but I read it in... Um, in chemistry a few years ago, the same question, basically. So you can so buy some rem- bicycle tyres that are multicoloured, but they're not going to be exposed yeah, but to that, Yeah, but that is really... Uh, if you colour them, uh, then it reduces the friction or it is a bit expensive to use in the um, in the, in the big tyre or the car tyre. So the cars and the bikes have got a difference because the car need more friction on the, on the road as compared to the bike. Yes, exactly. So that's why uh, it would not work as stronger as uh, as in the cars. You're on. Right, thank you. Beautifully done. Uh, Mike's in Hampton. Mike, question or answer? Uh, James, yes, it's, uh, it's a question, please. Sounds surprised. You've been on hold for the last six minutes. <laughs> well, who are you expecting to say hello to you? Um, only you, James. <laughs> Carry on. What's, what's the question? It's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, mm. uh, probably trivial, um... Left-handed violinist in the orchestra. I've never seen any. Well, she's gone now. I just had a clarinetist. I know. I was listening to her. Oh. You should have asked her. Well, I didn't know you wanted me to then. <laughs> well, see, how, how hard have you looked for a left-handed violinist? Well, I, I have been watching the proms and stuff and orchestras on TV mm. in the past. I've never actually seen... Obviously, I know there is um, left-handed guitarist. I'm sorry, uh, violinist yeah. around. Uh, I do actually play a, a guitar, well, a banjo, actually, myself. And being left-handed, I, I seem to look out for these things. So you play it, you play it the other way around, do you? I do, yeah. So you have the fretboard in your right hand and, the, and you strum you, with your left. Yeah, I don't actually use a fret, I just use the fingers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Come on, mate, it's not straight. <laughs> do you not think it gets trained out of people? Because, I mean, would it be harder to teach? You just have to, even if you are left-handed. Well, it, to apologise. Yeah, I, I did get lessons when I first played it, and it was pretty hard because I had a teacher who was right handed. I think if they, I'm not being funny, yeah, I hate so. it when people say I'm not being funny, but I'm really <laughs> not being funny, even though this might make you chuckle. Yeah, yeah. If you had a left handed violinist in the orchestra, she'd be chinning all the other violinists yeah, every time she hit well. an adagio. But I thought maybe you could put that one right at the end. Do you know? I think they'd just sort of think, oh, let's get a right-hander <laughs> instead, wouldn't they? Yeah, OK. <laughs> we did. I'm, oh, crikey, we can't, we can't have the same orchestra. We're like, oh, motto of the programme, if you... But it'd be the same with a cello. You could do some real damage with a cello, bow. Uh, well, yeah, that's another story. Like, boom. <laughs> what about trumpets and trombonists? Do you ever see a left-handed trombonist? Yeah, I think you do. That wouldn't matter, because you're going but forward, you, you see? You There's no sideways though, action. You? It's not yeah, like you're going to... Not the fella in front of you. That's right. You so violin, ding, so ding, 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 ding. So the bow's going over my left shoulder, and then yeah. I change size. Oh, you've had my eye out. <laughs> we'll find out. We've already had one orchestral member. We're going to push our luck and try and get another on 0845 Is that why you never see left-handed violinists? Health and safety? Debbie's in Hayes. Debbie, question or answer? It's a question, James. Come on, Debbie. Okay, every morning, yes. without fail, yes. I wake up at 4.20. Right. And I want to know why and how to stop it. It's driving me potty. How long has this been? How long has this been going on for? Um, I would say about three weeks. And, and the more it goes on, every time I wake up at four twenty, the harder it is to get back to sleep because I just get so frustrated. I know. I understand. You, you haven't got your alarm set for twenty past four. No, that's set for six o'clock. Can I ask whether you sleep alone or not? No, I 
actually with my hubby. Yeah, okay, I was just just checking. <laughs> and have you had any bad news lately? No. Nothing at all. No. Well, you need to wake up at quarter past four, and then find out what happens at twenty past four to wake you up every day. What's that? My alarm's caught past yeah. four. I'm not stupid. No, you have to. No, you have to do that because it could be flights. It could be a plane. It could be a neighbour who's getting up for work now that you didn't know about. Something is happening at twenty. Yeah, but why is it only? Yeah, but then it would be he'd wake up as well. Who? My other half. No, he wouldn't. He's out why like not? a light. Everybody wakes up for the. I mean, something is. It's, it's it's unlikely to be an internal stimulus, isn't it? It's much more likely to be know. something going on outside of you, not something inside but of you. I heard that we had an inter- internal clock, and if you wanted to wake up at a certain time, if you hit your head on the pillow so many times, you'd wake up at that time. Do I think, don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> so, I, I, Jones the engineer, oddly, his alarm goes off at twenty past four every day. You don't think you've got some sort of weird psychological <laughs> connection with Jones the engineer, do? Because he's got to come in and, and, and look after Nick's show. He does the breakfast show before he works. With me. Well, that'd be interesting. (laughs) uh, 20, because I thought, I I had a weird one earlier this year, but then I went away for the weekend and I was waking, I was waking up at quarter past five every day and I went away for the weekend and I was waking up at quarter past five again when we were away for the weekend. But I I had a bereavement at the end of last year and I think it was just that because I always was woken up by the same sort of dream and the same thought and something about my sleep patterns was, that's why I asked whether you'd had any bad news or anything sad or, or bad go on that you might be waking yourself up when you dream about. Right. But it's not that. So I think all you can do, unless someone listening has got a better answer, all you can do is set your alarm for quarter past four, try not to wake your husband up, and then see whether or not someone's starting their car or putting the bins out or getting picked up at that time every day. I really hope somebody's got a better answer than that. All right, it's the menopause. It's the menopause. (laughs) (laughs) Typical bloke answer. Get in! (laughs) I hope someone's got a better answer than that as well, Debbie, for your sake as well as mine. It's 12.45. Twelve minutes to one. It's LBC ninety-seven point three. The only questions that still need answers are: How do you get? Where, where do vitamins come from in vitamin tablets? Why are they, you never see a left wing? Left wing? You never see a left-handed violinist? And um, why do microwaves heat up plates? Given that we've all been taught it's the water molecules they act on. Lisa is in Brentwood. Question or answer, Lisa? Uh, answer, James. Go on. Uh, left-handed violinist. Yes. Uh, my daughter is uh, six, or she's seven now, and um, she's learning to play the violin. Okay. Oh, you're, you're one of those. You're one of those mums, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tiger <She's> mum. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, I asked a question because she's left-handed. Yes. Um, why she's learning to play as a right-handed child, and it's so that they don't bash each other in the orchestra. It's so. It is literally so they don't bash the people next to them. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Nothing, nothing more exciting than that. That's bit of a letdown, really, isn't it? Uh, well, no, because I mean, oh, hang on, <laughs> stay there, because I'm just I'm taking a call from the Netherlands now. Nick is in the Netherlands. Nick, what have you got for me? Hello, hello, Nick. Um, I'm a viola player. Oh yes, which is slightly different to a violin. Right. Um, and I know of at least two left-hand viola players. One who has played in the in City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. Well, well, under Simon Rattle or in subsequent years. Uh, I would, I presume, under Simon Rattle. Good grief. But, but the viola department isn't as big as the violin department, is it? No, but the instrument's bigger, so we take up more space. So you would still get a clout on the side? Um, well, playing in an orchestra, you, you, you're always in a fight with somebody as a string player. There's an, uh, 
about 10 near misses a day anyway. Really? Um, I would imagine um, it's slightly more difficult, so probably the left-handed viola player's got to have more charisma. Yes. I don't know, but they do exist. What about cellists? And Have you ever met a left-handed cellist? I don't know about that. Only about viola so maybe there just aren't enough viola players around that they have to take the lefties. Um, there are loads of us, so I don't think that's, uh, that's the reason. But Lisa's daughter, has he's left-handed, is having violin lessons and has been told that she has to be taught right-handed so they don't back. But that's probably yeah, true. Well, the, the, the one soloist Six. that I know, he had to actually relearn because he lost a finger, uh, tragically, on his... Uh, um, left hand, yeah. <laughs> you need slightly less fingers to play the bow, and he actually relearned. And um, in terms of teaching, that's actually quite good because if you're facing him, you have a mirror image. <laughs> of course, you do, yeah. So if it makes it easier. I mean, yeah. No, but I they do. do. They do exist. Well, I, I did, I, you put me in a difficult situation, Lisa. I'm, I'm going to give you at least half of this round of applause because oh, thank you. because you, you, you're living it with your daughter. But Nick actually does put something of a of a of a sort of spoke in the machine, doesn't he? Because he well, is a left... Well, Nick has taken a window out of my sales dreams. That was the phrase I was looking probably for. The only, the, <laughs> this is probably the only time I can actually answer a question. No, well, I, well I'm get, I'm, I'm, I, I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a round of applause each. <laughs> I think so. This Wonderful. one, Lisa, this is for you. <laughs> and Nick, the viola player, are you, are you working in Holland? Are you playing the viola out in Holland at the moment? I'm I'm playing the viola and I'm working playing the viola in Holland. Yeah, in a, in a Dutch orchestra or, or just... in a Dutch orchestra. I played a very long opera last night and I had about uh, twelve near misses in my uh, in my right eye myself. H have you ever been hit? I've never actually been hit. And how long have you been playing the viola? Uh, about thirty years. Oh, there you go. Uh, there you go, kids. So, Do you can? So uh, yeah. the kids can try this at home. Then there's no. They I mean, can. Just, it just... is an occupational hazard, but there's uh, there's a risk to everything. Be alert. What opera was it last night? Uh, it was a very long one called Valkyrie. It lasted about five and a half hours. Was Wagner? Wagner. Yes. Yeah, one of those. I only asked so that I could show off like that. I only know okay. about three. I only know <laughs> about three. Coming. You just came through with it. Nick, you get a round of applause as well, and you get my gratitude for listening in Holland and for proving the sort of, uh, the cultural status of the people listening to this programme. Ken's in Croydon. Ken, question or answer? Well, it's an answer that you've already answered yourself that was, was quite clever, but I, I, it's about the Banksy. Ah, well, um, you're going to speak from a position of experience rather than what I did, which was speculate. I was still right what you said, but um, oh, it's just something I, something I developed. We, our company, we're a restoration company. We do like, a lot of uh, brickwork, stone, and, of course, we come across a lot of uh, graffiti and, you know, paint. we do paint stripping from brickwork when people paint their houses. Oh, yeah. And um, we, we developed a gel and, and a technique of... Which it was, a, it was a bit of an accident, actually. Some of these things they always come out like that, don't they? Sure. And uh, we, you paint this gel on on the paint. Uh, we don't on graffiti. Then, but we put a, uh, a film over the top and let it let it mature a bit. And then, in about an hour later, you peel it off, and you've actually got the the, the picture from the wall off of the brickwork. We we can actually then, if you wanted to, you could the gel um, dries because it just softens the paint, doesn't destroy it. Right. You could actually then then put it on a canvas. Oh, wow. So you can remove it. We can remove that from any, we can remove paint from any service. I'll say we're restoration company. I'm not allowed to say the name of Yeah, you can, mate. Don't worry. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Fortress Restorations. It's what? Fortress? Fortress Restorations and Building Attractors, where we, we do a lot of specialist work, like okay. paint stripping, you know, from... No, that's, that's, that's absolutely fair. You haven't done a, a, a valuable graffiti yet, but you could. No, we, we, we were working down Camden Lock. We were doing a big building down there, yeah. and uh, on the lock side, there's actually a copy of a Banksy that's there. That's right, and, yeah. And uh, the, the council... Um, 
were thinking of, of removing that. But if I wanted to, I could. I've done it. I've, when I actually saw what it was doing, I've actually done the experiment, and, I, and I've like taken graffiti off the wall, and it stays on the film. And then that's absolutely fascinating. I don't know if yeah, it would, um, if it would, like, if I was a buyer, would I want? I think I'd still want somehow the the plaster or the brickwork, wouldn't I? I'd want it to because you're yeah, taking it away from it. Yeah, but I'm saying that if if if, if the only way of no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not knocking it. It's a brilliant idea, and I'm I'm, I'm so glad you were listening and rang in because you sort you of had a roll whole... it up and it, you could roll it up and it would be a lot like if you wanted to fly it to New York and someone wanted to buy it, you could roll it up and they could put it on the wall on their their um, tower block or something. Take it anywhere. You, you <laughs> could, yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, you know the motto of the program is if you build it, they will come. I did not see you coming, Ken. I'll tell you that for nothing. Well, I found about the Margaret Thatcher statue as well. About when I was talking about with and people are going to destroy it. And we, we develop a lot of different things. We've got, like, a, a wax coating that goes on, like, uh, monuments and stuff, and if someone tries to paint on it, it just slips off. Blimey. So, but they're all you different things, Well, right? it's, earned you, it's earned you a round of applause, as well as my gratitude. Right. Thank you, mate. The, the original question, a bit slack of me not to remind you, actually, because Ken and I both knew what it was, presume you did, of course you may not have done, was, was how they move Banksy's. How, how they get Banksy's graffitos, graffiti, off the uh, off the wall. And, and the answer is that they actually chip it off. They take the plaster off in one piece or they dismantle it. It's financially worthwhile. But, but Ken there has a, modicum, has a te- technology that could do it in a, in a much less severe way. I want to go to Phil next on the M2. No, Israel in Peckham. Israel, question or answer? Answer, James. How are you doing this morning? I'm all right, my friend. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Good. I, I just want to address the question, um, the lady... Um, oh, Deb, up... yeah, we forgot all about Debbie. De- why does Debbie wake up at 20 past four every morning? <laughs> if you, um, you, I don't know how you know the answer to this, Israel, bearing in mind uh, that she's, well... she's a married woman. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to give me a round of applause. Go on, then, what have you got? It's, it's, um, um, but, but, yes, the, the, the body over a long period of time... The, the, there's, there's two ways, but... the. The body over a long period of time does it does have a, like a, if you want to say an internal clock, so to speak. You can there is this um, uh, idea that you, if you want to wake up at a particular time, uh, that the body uh, it, it gets used to it, it gets in a particular. Rhythm. Yeah, but she doesn't want to wake up at twenty yeah. past four. She wants to wake up at six. <laughs> but the, the uh, it's, it's to do with her own internal body clock in terms of everybody's body work. Jog on, Israel. You're I'm, ringing up I'm, now. It's to I'm, do with her own internal I'm, body I'm, clock. I'm, I'm, you... I'm in serious, James. Yeah, well, so Every, am I. Everybody's, Jog on. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody, you can change it. You can condition uh, the... the right, so uh, what does she need to do? She wants to wake up at six o'clock tomorrow, not 20 past four. Tell her now, quick. Oh, well, she needs to then, uh, she needs to program her subconscious mind. <laughs> no, 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 she I'm being serious. I'm being serious, James. I'll tell you what, laugh. her hair's right. You did, laugh, Debbie, James. Debbie, your hair's are like your antennas <laughs> to another dimension. I knew you was going to laugh, James. She needs to, she needs, she needs, she needs to program her subconscious mind that she wants to wake up at right. that particular time. Okay, and so any, anybody it. wondering about, about it, just, you just need to program your subconscious mind. <laughs> yeah. Covers a lot of ground, that Israel. Is. I'm yeah. a bit worried I drink too much. You just need to program your subconscious mind. I'm a bit worried that I might miss the but. You just need to program your subconscious mind. I'm not doing well enough at work. You just need to program your subconscious mind. Well, Can't give of, up cigarettes. Of, you just need of... to program your subconscious mind. It's a ridiculous answer. <laughs> give him a round of applause for comedy value. Bills <laughs> <laughs> on the M25. Last word, possibly of the day. Question or answer? Uh, answer. Hiya. Hi, Phil. What have you got? I've got the answer for the uh, warming the plates in the microwave. Yes. 
Okay, it's very simple. It's the fact that ceramics are amongst that group of materials that absorb microwave energy. Woo! Uh, water, water does, but but ceramics do as well. Different different materials behave different uh, in different ways in in uh, microwave fields. Your metals, of course, do will not. either have induced currents. So if you've got a plate with the old gold leaf around the edge of it, yes. that'll crackle and spark with the induced currents in it. It will indeed, so, but ceramics do not. So if I microwave the plate for ages and ages, it might break, but then if I microwave the chicken for ages and ages, that would burn and shrivel up as well. Exactly. It's, it's, it's exactly the same way that on your stealth fighters or your stealth bombers, they paint them with a the material that absorbs microwaves, yeah, exactly. and that's why they're so stealthy. They are very stealthy. Yeah. So, hang on, if I put a plate in a microwave, how long do I have to put it in there before it becomes a stealth plate? <laughs> uh, probably a few minutes. Uh, enough like to it. get it high enough to break. A stealth plate. <laughs> uh, give him a round of applause, quick. Qualifications, qualifications. In my formative years, I was a radio engineer with GC Marconi. A proper radio engineer, not like you, Jones. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10. This is LBC 97.3. I'm James O'Brien. This is Julia Harley-Brewer. Thank you very much indeed, James. I'm going to be a stealth presenter after one o'clock. Lots of topics to talk about. We're going to talk about the stay-at-home mums. The numbers are falling, more being forced back to work. We're also going to talk about Atos and how they decide whether someone is were or capable of going back to work if they've been claiming incapacity benefit. A lot of people claiming that they're being wrongly assessed. I'm also going to talk about Paul Lamb. He's the paralysed man who's taking up the legal challenge to get the right to die. Do you think that you should be yet to get to choose when and how you die? Or is that for the state to decide? You tell me after one o'clock. On FM.